Hey everyone, this is Yvette Hampton. Welcome back to the Schoolhouse Rock Podcast. I'm back today with Mr. Steve Lambert. I'm gonna call you Dr. Steve Lambert because you were on that panel with all those other doctors and we'll add some letters to the end of your name. If you don't know what I'm talking about, go back and listen to Monday's episode. But first, before we get rolling today, I wanna thank our sponsor, CTC Math. Great online math curriculum program. It's interactive. Your kids will love it. It's so much fun for them to actually get to work out these math problems on the computer. Um, the guy who, do, I, I should find out the name of the guy who does the voice. I actually don't know his name, but I need to find out what it is. Um, but he's, he's from Australia, so he has a really neat Australian accent and um, he's just fun to listen to. So if you guys are looking for a math curriculum, go to ctcmath.com. You can try it for free by going to their website. We would love it if you do that. All right, we are back with Steve. Um, Steve, thank you so much for being with us this week. I am already so encouraged. I love stories. I am a story girl. I I love to hear about you know your family and what the Lord's done through your family. And um, just as a result of your faithfulness to answer this crazy call that God had for you back in 1981 to bring your kids home and educate them. And again, I know so many parents today are still unsure about this idea of home education. It was so funny. We went to the zoo yesterday and it was a beautiful day here in Tulsa, Oklahoma. And so we had these zoo tickets. And so I said, we, we just need to take the day off. Let's just go have a family day at the zoo. And so we're walking around and it, it's so sweet to see all the moms there because it's a school day in the middle of winter. And so the large majority of the people there were moms with little kids, you know, all those preschool mamas and with their little baby carriers in the front. And I was like, oh man, I remember those days of having my babies there at the zoo when we had our zoo passes. Um, but we had such a great time as a family and, and seeing all these moms. And at the very end of the day, we were um, in the rainforest exhibit, which was one of my favorite exhibits. And there was this mom there who was with her mom. So grandma was there and they had their um, three little girls with them. Their youngest, I think was three months old and just these precious little girls. And and so I'm just admiring her girls and just thinking, man, I just remember what it was like to have my girls. It wasn't that long ago. I mean, my girls are only 11 and 16. So, you know, it was just a few years ago. And so I just, I don't know, started talking to this mom and I'd seen moms all day long, but for some reason I started talking to this mom and I, I just said, and, and it was kind of funny. My girls were like, you were kind of forceful. And I just said, your girls are so precious. And through the conversation, I said, homeschool them. And it was so funny because she said, oh, I do. I do homeschool them. We do this this program called Classical Conversations. Have you heard of it? And I said, oh yes, we used to do CC. And so we had this great conversation and it turns out that she was a second generation homeschool mom. And I'm I'm at this point now where I just, I want to shout it to the world. I just want to say, just take your babies home, homeschool them. You can do this. You really can. And it's not easy, but it's worth it. And so we need people like you, Steve, to come alongside us and to remind us why we're doing this and to bring that encouragement and to say, you know what? My kids are in their 40s and they did great and they've now homeschooled their kids and now their kids are you know, moving into adulthood and how exciting it is, how God has used this generationally in your family and really truly impacted more than just one generation of kids. Um, so how have you seen, the, obviously you've said that your kids have, you're, you have two daughters, right? Right. Mm -hmm. And so, so your daughters have gone on to graduate their kids. How have you seen your family dynamics grow and change with your grandkids as a result of them being homeschooled? Well, it's interesting because we have so much more time with our grandkids. You know, I, I feel so sorry for so many grandparents today whose grandchildren are not being homeschooled. 
because they only see their grandkids, you know, there, there's no time anymore right. because the kids get on the way for the bus at 10 till seven. They kind of get off the activity bus from junior high at like five fifteen. grab a bite of dinner, start on their homework, go to bed. Grandparents are not even a part of the equation anymore. And it's a shame because the wisdom of grandparents um, is a, t- a tremendous asset for, mm. for grandchildren. Uh, you know, the, the last place that I want my kids or my grandkids getting all their uh, information on life and, and uh, the birds and the bees is from a whole classroom full of other 13 year olds. That's probably right. not, that's like an alcoholic getting counseling from his bartender. You know, that's probably not a, a great way to do it. So, so we've been able to develop wonderful relationships. I, my oldest granddaughter got involved in horses, for example. And one of the great things about homeschooling is it allows kids to find out what they're good at and for us to develop those strengths into lifelong, uh, life-changing experiences. So one of our daughters, granddaughters became interested in horses and that interest became um, really a passion. And so we were able to get her her first horse, eventually became part of importing a horse from Belgium for her, which was quite an adventure. And then I went and she and I stayed together down in Florida for one entire winter where she was riding with uh, some of the greatest world equestrians, uh, taking lessons from the U.S. Olympic team coach, uh, riding with a number of other Olympians from around the world. And so those kinds of experiences, uh, you have a chance to nurture those. But, but as much as I love that we can develop the strengths of our kids for homeschooling, we can also begin to compensate for their weaknesses because we all have strengths and we all have weaknesses. And one of the things that I think every parent needs to know is that God didn't invite you to homeschool just for the sake of your kids. He invited you for your sake as a mama and for your husband's sake and for your sake as a family. Because only in the process, I think, of being together through the homeschooling journey can you really begin to explore those family dynamics because there's literally a couple of hours a week of family time if your kids are in a public school or even a private school classroom. and that process matures all of us. Um, I tell moms all this, this all the time. Do you realize that you have stuff? You realize as a mama, you got stuff. We all have stuff. And maybe the Lord's been talking to you about your impatience or about your procrastination or about your failure to be able to do this or that uh, since you were a little girl and you've kind of gone on your way and ignored that. And so if that's true, God gave you a husband so that you would have a living witness to remind you about your stuff. And if you were stiff-necked, then he gave you children so that now you have several (laughs) living witnesses to remind you about your stuff. And if you were still stubborn and stiff-necked, he invites you to homeschool. And now you have a whole room full of little living witnesses all day long saying, Mama, why do you always wait till the last minute? Mama, why are you always so angry? Mama, why do you always lose your temper? Mama, why? And suddenly we come face to face with our stuff as parents, as fathers, as mothers. And the Lord knew that when he invited you to homeschool because he wanted to clean up some of your stuff, just like he wanted you to help with your kids. And, you know, I started smoking when I was 18. I was uh, between high school and college. And already in 1968, when I graduated from uh, high school, they already had cancer warnings on cigarette packs. None None of us thought this was good for you. We knew it was a dangerous habit, but we didn't care because it was cool. 
And so I smoked for a number of years. But when I had my first daughter, I quit smoking in the house because I didn't want her to be exposed to secondhand smoke. And when my second daughter was born, I quit smoking altogether because I didn't want her to see that habit. Because love is a powerful motivator. And the things that we won't do, even if the Lord asks us to deal with our stuff, sometimes love is the motivator that helps us get things done. When we love our children or we love our grandchildren and we watch that process and that troubling look in their eye when they're like, Mama, why? Daddy, how come? It's a great way to not only raise your kids, but to bring yourself up to their level as well. As for the first time in your life, you begin dealing with some of the issues the Lord's been talking to you about since you were a little girl or a little boy. And I love that about homeschooling. We all need that. Oh, my goodness. Let's take a quick break. We'll be right back. As we try to impart a biblical worldview in our children and equip them to be salt and light in an increasingly secular culture, we need tools to explain how the scriptures mold our view of every subject we teach. We need homeschool curriculum that shows how the Lord rules over everything we learn while stretching our children to follow Him wherever He leads. Learn how BJU Press Homeschool has served thousands of Christian homeschool families just like yours by visiting BJUPressHomeschool.com. Are you ready to restore our constitutional republic? Patriot Academy is on the front lines of the mission to educate, train, and inspire millions of citizens to know and live their freedoms. With courses and materials from America's Constitution coach, Rick Green, Patriot Academy's Constitution training will equip you to be a leader in your community. You don't have to know anything about history, the Constitution, or the law to get started. The courses and coach training are free. Find a class today or sign up to be a Constitution coach at patriotacademy.com. Again, that's patriotacademy.com. I am back with Steve. That is some powerful stuff. Um, it, it, stuff, we're talking about stuff, <laughs> dealing with oh. our stuff. And uh, man, it really is. There's there's nothing like homeschooling. There's nothing like parenting um, and, and being a wife that will show us our own sin, especially when we see ourselves reflected in our kids and we see them doing things and then go, oh, shoot, that is me. They're just mimicking me. They're doing the exact same thing I do whether it's facial expressions or, you know, the things that we say or the tone of our voice, um, whatever it is. And that's, it's a hard thing to watch, but there's so much blessing in that because we would miss that. I think oftentimes if we weren't with our kids so much, because our kids are going to reflect who they're around the most, right? So if they're around kids in school all day long for 40 hours a week, they're going to reflect those attitudes but when they're home, they're going to reflect ours. And that's where the Lord has to just show us like, okay, here's where and how you need to change. I, I've mentioned this before on the podcast, but I had a good friend of mine told me before my oldest daughter was born, her her greatest advice to me was become the wife and mom that you want her to become. Mm. And I have often thought about that. I often still think about that. And I really, really strive to be that wife and mom that I want my girls to become. And I realize as a mom, the incredible amount of of influence I have on them and even more so because I'm the one who's with them day in and day out and teaching them. Um, I want to ask you a question really quickly because you, you talked about the family and you talked about husbands. Um, talk to the mom whose maybe husband is not on board with her desire to homeschool. I know that this can be a really difficult thing and a lot of moms are dealing with that today. The Lord is, is you know prompting their heart to bring their kids home and homeschool them. And the husband usually 
for good reason in his mind. It's not because he doesn't love his kids. It's because he does love his kids and he just simply doesn't understand homeschooling, which by the way, let me just put a plug in uh, for the movie here. This is one of the reasons why we made the movie Schoolhouse Rocked, the homeschool revolution was because we wanted to answer all of these questions. So aside from them watching the movie, how do you, how can you encourage those moms? Speak to those moms. Well, it is a common problem in the very beginning for most, for many families that the husband's like, I don't get this. We, I moved here. We, we bought this house. We live in a good school district. We pay our taxes. Why isn't this good enough? For our kids it was good enough for you it was good enough for me we grew up in this school district and you're right they don't understand and they don't have the feelings that a mama has they don't have her instincts and we we live in a in the paradox in which the bible calls wives to submit to their husbands but it also calls husbands to submit to their wives we're mutually to submit to one another and and wives, I don't know if you know this yet, Yvette, but, but if you haven't learned it, this is a good time to learn that men and women are very, very different. Oh. <laughs> and we have different gift sets and different strengths. And for issues of the heart, husbands often are not nearly as perceptive as women. Uh, guys are kind of cerebral, and I know lots of brilliant women, but they have usually stronger sense of, of heart and um, and sadly, in some instances, uh, a closer walk with the Lord in many cases than their husband do, does because, and I understand that he's busy, he's trying to hold down a job, maybe he's holding down two jobs, uh, particularly if mom's now homeschooling and he feels like I've got to take on a second part-time job to make up for her, for her uh, leaving the workforce to homeschool. But the proof is in the pudding and getting your husband out to meet some other homeschool dads who will tell him, oh, I, I yeah, I know exactly where you're coming from, man. I felt the same way. I rode my wife day and night that first year, but you know what? I wouldn't change it for anything. Now, if I had to work five jobs, I would never put my kids back in school again because I've seen the difference it's made for us as a family. I've seen the growth in my wife, her encouragement, her blossoming uh, into a whole new gift set that, that she didn't even know she had because the Lord called her to this. And I see the difference in my children's lives. And so, you know, I'm not saying to defy your husband, but I'm saying to, to plead your case, to say, give me a chance, particularly if your kids are young. I mean, it's a, it's more traumatic to try to pull a, a, a sophomore in high school out um, and just jump in, although it's done every day and it's off, you know, and it's perfectly successful. But, you know, when, when Jane and I were little, we didn't even have kindergarten. I mean, you started school when you were six. And you didn't really learn to read until, you know, I didn't think much about reading until late six, early seven. And now with preschool and early education, we're thinking, oh, my gosh, my kid has to know all of his letters by the time he's three. Yeah. Has to be reading at four, has to learn Spanish and sign language by five. No, that's not true. And in fact, I read a study one time and I can't cite the source. And I, and I, I don't know for a fact that it's true, but I thought it was thought provoking. Nevertheless, it said that if you had a child who was raised by wolves, and lived alone with no human contact in the forest until he was 12. If you put him in school at age 12, uh, by the end of the year, he would be caught up with all of his peers. Now, why is that? Well, because we have longer attention span, we have more uh, fine motor skills, gross motor skills, all kinds of things that, that make learning easier when you're 12 than when you're four or five or six. So whether that's true or not, the concept is simply this, that if you're experimenting uh, at age five or age six or even age seven 
It's not like, oh my gosh, that's it. We've blown it. They're never going to get into college now. We completely messed up. We homeschooled when they were in kindergarten. You know, their lives are a total wreck now. No, no. In fact, oddly, you'll find that they're probably well ahead of their peers if you decide to put them back in a public school two years from now. And the experiment was a failure. But I almost guarantee you, without exception, if the Lord's called you to do this, uh, the husband's hearts will turn. In fact, the Bible tells us that that's one of the signs that we're looking for is to see the hearts of the fathers turn toward their children. And when they see um, not just the intellectual growth, that's going to happen. That's a byproduct. I mean, it's that's the least of our concerns sure. is the academics. What we're right. looking for is character and intellect, growth and the heart, the spirit, submission, obedience, uh, those kinds of issues. So plead with your husband, see if you can make a bargain that, you know, he'll let you try this for a year, 18 months and see how it goes, because I promise you, you'll win him over and uh, this will become a lifetime pattern. Yeah. Yeah. That's great encouragement. Um, what do you see when, when moms are bringing their kids home and dads are bringing their kids home? I shouldn't just say moms. Um, when parents are bringing right. their kids home, what do you see as the number one um, hurdle that they're having to overcome? Uh, I think without question, it's it's an understanding of what education looks like, mm -hmm. because we only tend to think of what we know. And so if your only experience was sitting in a desk with a little arm on it in alphabetical right. order, and you went between class periods there with a 10 minute break between each class period, and you had a subject of history and a subject you know, of, of literature and a subject of spelling and reading, that's what we assume school looks like. And of course, that's really the least effective way to teach. But when you have 25 or 30 or 35 kids, um, you have to find some way to kind of herd them together and try to keep them generally moving in the same direction. Um, and it, it takes a complete paradigm shift, a complete re-envisioning of what it means to learn that, that grade levels are completely artificial. There's no such thing as a fourth grader or a second grader or a ninth grader. Wherever you are in your reading, progress further. Wherever you are in your understanding of world history, progress a little farther. Yeah. And I know lots of people who've had identical twins. And when you ask them, are, you know, are they on the exact same page? Oh, no, 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 no. You know, Susie is, is like light years ahead in language and, and her sister is light years ahead in science. Mm -hmm. uh, they're completely different in terms of their aptitudes, their learning. And that's how education ought to take place in an ideal world is where each student is moves forward at their own pace. But when all you know is a classroom experience, it's very hard to get your head wrapped around that. Yeah. So I think that's the hurdle that, that once you sort that out and once you experience what true uh, holistic education, and I hate to use that word anymore because it's kind of been tainted, but, but uh, a more healthy approach to education instead of the very, very artificial world that public school classrooms have created, then you're over the hurdle and on your way. Yeah. Yep. Agreed. We are out of time again. Um, we are going to come back tomorrow. And I want to talk tomorrow with Steve about how we can become great teachers. Um, you and your wife have, have done an excellent job of helping moms for years and years to become great teachers. And so we're going to talk about that tomorrow. Again, you guys can find out more about Steve at fiveinarow.com. I will put that link in the show notes. Again, please share this with your friends. If you have not yet left a review for the podcast, please go to iTunes or Spotify or wherever you listen to this podcast and leave a review. We would really appreciate that. Have a great afternoon. We'll see you back here tomorrow. Bye.
What we do at IEW is break through the, the noise of the grammar and the writing prompts, and we say, this is what you do, step by step. And I've witnessed it over and over again, both watching Andrew teach and hearing from parents, this is the best writing program. We've made it so easy and made it really affordable. So any mom can teach writing to their children using our course, and we guarantee it. To try three weeks of free lessons, visit IEW.com.